0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the disputed ending of the Gospel of Mark. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo and I serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at
1: Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, why are there two
0: endings? Mm. Could they not decide? We don't know. We don't know specifically. We have guesses and reasons, and scholars have lots of theories, and I'm sure there's a ton of papers written about this. Sure. Let's start with what are the two endings. All right. They both are in the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 16. That is the last chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Verses 1 through 8 are in the oldest manuscripts that we have of the Gospel of Mark. Verses 9 through 20 show up in later manuscripts and of the And by manuscripts,
1: are we talking translations? Are we talking different copies?
0: copies? Okay. Different copies of it, right? So you have various places throughout the area where you found different copies. So did somebody's book get ripped at nine, or that's the dispute? We don't know? Well, the dispute is that we think, scholars believe, that the original gospel ended at verse 8, but that, that oh, was that was somebody attacked on something, something. Exactly. Something getting lost. Exactly. It's less about something getting lost and more about this is a really uncomfortable place to end this. We'll do tell. Well, all right. Now we have to remember Gospel of Mark is the first gospel that was written. Okay. Okay. It was written about thirty to fifty years prior to The next set of Gospels.
1: So people should still be somewhat familiar with it. It's not like you got to fill in all the details. There's part
0: of that too, but there's also like, this is the first one getting written down, so they choose what they do and don't add in. Okay. And then when Luke and Matthew are written, Luke and Matthew are each holding a copy of the Gospel of Mark. Okay. And a copy of another source that they line up too much to not have the same secondary source okay, and then their own material. And so Matthew and Luke go on from the ending farther than Mark does. And then all of a sudden you start seeing verses 9 through 20 that kind of go farther on in the same way that Luke and Matthew do. Okay. Do we have any idea when that shows up? You know, I'm sure that it has been documented. I don't have it off the top of my head. Moving on. And so what it is, is verses 9 through 20 show the part of the gospel story where Jesus sees the disciples again after the resurrection. Oh. So in Luke, he shows up down by the waterfront and he's catching... We get a Doubting Thomas kind of thing. Well, oh, that's, the, that's the gospel of John. Yeah. Okay. So the gospel of John has Doubting Thomas and Jesus shows up and gives them the Holy Spirit. And John is written like... 60 to 80 years okay. after the Gospel of Mark is written. So by that point in time, it's fully established that Jesus came back and the disciples saw Jesus post resurrection. Okay. And in Luke and Matthew, in Luke, they eat a meal with him so that you know that Jesus is really real, that he uh-huh. eats food again, uh-huh. right? Not a ghost. Not a ghost. And Luke is the one that pairs up with the book of Acts. And so you have the whole Ascension story at the beginning of Acts. And Matthew, you get like the Great Commission where Jesus is doing, you know, go therefore and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I will be with you to the ends of the earth. And he ascends up into heaven.
1: So what I'm getting from you then is... Originally, it just stopped.
0: It just stops. Hmm. And so this year in our lectionary is the year of Mark. And so I get to preach the Mark resurrection text. So which one are you going with? Well, the reading ends at the end of verse eight, the original ending of the gospel of Mark. And what happens is the women, so it's the same story that everyone's familiar with, right? Days after the crucifixion, the women go to the tomb in order to do something. In the first three Gospels in the Synoptics, the women are going in order to clean, bathe, and anoint the body. Okay. In the Gospel of John, Mary Magdalene is the only one who goes. But in the first three, it's Mary Magdalene and other women who go to the tomb, and they kind of fuss about who's going to roll the stone away, and how are we going to get in, and what's going to happen in the Gospel of Mark, the stone has already been rolled away. Okay. They don't have to roll it away. It's a non-issue. They show up. They talk about it. They're worried about it. But the stone has been rolled away. And there's a person, a man dressed in white, sitting on the right-hand side of the tomb. And he says, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He is not here. He has risen. He has gone ahead to Galilee like he told you that he would. So go. And the women, amazed at what they have seen, run away terrified. <laughs> and they don't tell yep. anyone what they have seen because they were afraid. Uh huh. Because that's crazy sounding. Right? And the last thing
1: I want to be in that time is a crazy sounding woman. <laughs>
0: right? So true. And that's the end of the gospel. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I can't can't wait. (laughs) That's it. Verses 9 through 20, of course, the women do end up telling the disciples, and Jesus comes back and says, you know, everything's going to be okay and all that kind of stuff. But the original ending of the gospel of Mark. It's a dude in white. You don't know if it's an
1: angel. You don't know if it's Jesus in disguise. Nope. Oh, man. Mm Mm-hmm. And they run away afraid. And don't
0: tell anyone.
1: Not that they were instructed don't tell anybody. No, they They were were told to go tell them. Yeah, they were were just afraid and did mm -hmm. not tell anybody.
0: They're told specifically, go back to the disciples and Peter and tell them that Jesus has gone ahead to Galilee like he said that he would. (laughs) And they run away and they don't. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what's worse is a woman at the time not doing what you're told to do. Or being afraid to sound like a crazy person. (laughs) That's a Sophie's choice. (laughs) Right? Oh, so, okay. What's the spin on this thing? I love this ending. Really? Because it's not an
0: ending. Oh, and that's the whole point? To me, I think, I find that fabulous. Because we know the story got told. Only because,
1: yeah, we're sitting there on a Sunday morning. Right? mm -hmm. And there are other Gospels that were written.
0: So even though Mark is the earliest one and the closest account that we have to the actual generation who lived this, we know that the story doesn't end with the women running away in fear. Even though that's the first version of our story, we know that the women somehow found the courage, the strength that God somehow found a way to get this story told. And that the gospel doesn't end there. I just love it because it sends you back to the very start of this gospel, which begins in Galilee, right? So it does this round circuitous thing okay, where it sends you back. And the first words of the gospel of Mark is, this is the beginning of the story of Jesus Christ, the good news, right? The beginning of the good news of the story of Jesus Christ. And it's the one that has no ending. Well, the ending is fear, the ending is nothing because it doesn't end with fear. We know it doesn't end with fear. Well, because yes the story and no, gets told. Because run away in fear. Right, but the story gets told. The story's still going. Hmm. That's the beginning of the story. Has there even been an end yet? That's all interpretation and. I don't, I don't know, think the story has view. ended. Right. I don't think the story has ended. I think the story continues to this day. So what are we waiting for then? I'm
1: getting big eyes. There's the Easter sermon, (laughs) right?
0: Uh, Like that's the Easter sermon is, and, and I think I preached this once and it might actually have been here three years ago where, you know, I just ended in the middle of the sentence because that's the point of this gospel is that then what do we do with it? If there isn't an ending yet, are we going to let it end with fear? Are we going to let this good news end with fear and hiding? Are we going to let the beginning of the story of healing and resurrection and the exorcism of demons from our culture and the re empowerment of people who have been disempowered, are we going to let that end with fear and trembling or are we going to carry it forward? Are we going to let the story end? with the only person confessing Jesus Christ as Savior being the Roman centurion? Or are we going to step forward as people who have heard the story and share that news and share the good news, right? It's the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so are we going to be a part of that continuation of the good news? And so to me, it's this ultimate invitation into the story in a way that I don't experience in Luke and Matthew or even John, I think that's part of why Mark has been my favorite gospel for so many years Uh is because it just has this personal invitation in that it lacks an ending. And so we get to step in and be a part of that story in really awesome and exciting ways, I think. And in a year where we're doing this whole freedom from fear and fasting from fear things at our church, I think it completely ties in. I think the Holy Spirit was doing some awesome stuff with that to tie in this opportunity to say, are we going to let the story end with fear or are we going to let go of the fears that we have? And are we going to dare to share the good news that we have, that God is a God of love and grace? So you're looking at it not so much
1: as a that's it, surprise ending you're looking at it more as a passing of the baton. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally Your turn
1: now go. Totally. That's a lot more helpful to me, because as a person in this culture, in this year uh-huh, I'm stuck with the running away in fear and saying nothing, because I totally. I feel like that is the mode of yeah. far too many of us.:
0: Yeah. I don't
1: want to make waves. Yeah. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Yeah. I'm just gonna hide over here in the corner and not say anything. And hopefully the world will just move on.
0: Yeah. And that's so fair, right? I mean, it's where so many of us are. And I think that a lot of people are tired and exhausted and in, in that kind of a space. And I have no doubt that these women were tired and exhausted. They had been living under Roman occupation. They believed that their savior had come that the one who was going to totally free them from Roman occupation was this person and then they watched him die oh a gruesome death a gruesome horrible death right and all the men had disappeared all these guys that had been stalwart supporters they ran off terrified and the person that these women had been paying for and supporting and feeding and taking care of and believing could change their status and change the status for their children and for their family. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was humiliated and he was crucified, tortured to death publicly and to come back and to find the grave open and empty and, all this weird stuff going on, I have no doubt those women were just exhausted Mm -hmm. and scared and terrified. It makes perfectly logical sense to me that this was the reaction of the women thinking about what they had been experiencing and what they had just been through. And I know that God didn't let it end there.
1: Well, yeah, but do you think It was logical for them to have stopped the gospel there originally, given the time that they were in. Because you've said in the past that they're, you know, expecting back in
0: about a week. Right, right. Well, and by the time the gospel of Mark is written down, so Mark is written after Paul's letters. Okay. So Paul's letters that talk about Jesus coming back tomorrow... The last of Paul's letters and about the time when he would have been martyred himself is about the time that the Gospel of Mark is being written. Okay. And so the original generation was starting to die. Okay. And at the same time, they didn't have to write down a ton of the details because people still remembered all the details. Uh And so people knew that this isn't where the story ended.
1: Okay. That's where it wasn't an issue for them. When it was being written.
0: Well, I think it might have still been an issue. I think it might have still been frustrating and agitating. But is that Not nearly the same way it is now. I don't know. I think people have said that even if it's bad art, that's good art. Because if you feel something... It sparks a discussion. It sparks a discussion. Something that makes you feel agitated and frustrated and kind of wrestle. It actually can sometimes get more interaction and gain more traction within a spirit and a heart. Than when something's really good and has a really pretty closure. You give a nice little bow on the top. I
1: know. But at the same time, like I said, in this day and in this culture, <laughs> I don't want any more agitation. I, I
0: want more pretty white bows. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's very hard. And I think that's why the temptation to add the verses was so strong that the verses got added. Sure. Does it always end at 8, or are there some years where they tack on the ending anyway? In the lectionary, we only read up to verse 8. Okay. But every Bible that you purchase is going to have verses 9 through 20 printed. I
1: think it's fascinating that they have it printed, and yet they don't use it in the actual sermon.
0: Well, and they put brackets around 9 through 20, and most Bibles mark down at the bottom, like... The yeah, earliest when, manuscripts don't include this.
1: But when you're sitting there and it's being read to you, right, mm-hmm. it always ends at eight. When I'm reading it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. That's the part that I find fascinating, that although they're going to put it in your Bible, they're still going to leave it up to interpretation and let you stick with the original usually. We'll mm-hmm. go with usually and, on and Sunday. Maybe
0: other denominations don't do that. Don't know. I don't
1: know. I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Is Mark then the only gospel that has the two endings like
0: that, or there's more tacked on to some other gospels similarly? Great question. To my memory, it's the only one with this kind of a thing. Now, there are some places in Paul's letters where there are some questions about things that may have been added later And there's some question about whether some of the letters that are attributed to Paul were actually written by Paul. When you get back to that early of writing, like Paul's letters and Mark's gospel, Mm -hmm. it gets hard sometimes to definitively discern things just because the parchment and what it's being stored on and those kinds of things, right? So early copies of the codices, codex being what the word is for the original copies that we have. The scholars that do this kind of research and look at this kind of thing, they'll look at something that's written in Paul where all of a sudden either something's starting to appear that may not have appeared in a previous copy of the letter or the vocabulary and the syntax are completely different. So you know how Stephen King has a way of writing that you know you're reading Stephen King. and mm-hmm. Same thing with Alan Sorkin and the way he writes dialogue. Right. And so you know you recognize the author's voice In their writing, Mm -hmm. there's some stuff about Paul where you can recognize that this is a different voice all of a sudden in the Greek. It's just a different vocabulary. It's a different syntax. And so people ponder whether or not scribes added stuff down Mm. the road as they were making copies of the letter and whether or not that's all we have that's remained are scribe copied ones with their additions. Do you have any idea if we're talking here like... Middle ages,
1: if we're talking,
0: oh no, no, further back or er, early, like okay. first years, okay. you know, as the letters were being sent throughout the, the somebody's med- opening the area. up the letter, going, Nope, don't like that. I'm gonna add tack or, on. I've got a little bit of frustration in this area in mind, so I'm just gonna add a tiny
1: little bit. Of words Nobody's
0: here. gonna notice, right? No one's gonna know. Oh man, it's fascinating. And there's debate about that too, right? And that's where you get into biblical critique and biblical commentary and cultural critique and literary critique and those kinds of things and whether or not you believe those are valid ways of understanding scripture. But that's more so than the other gospels. I have not heard about other gospels where it's being critiqued, whether or not something is authentic to the text. The conversation is more along the lines of when was it written and what is this Q source? You know, How can Matthew and Luke be written across the continent from one another and still have such matching dialogue mm-hmm. when it's not in Mark? And so that missing Q source that we've never found so far mm-hmm. that provided that backbone for those gospels. And the Gospel of John then is written so far from all three of them. Okay. And those are more the conversations that happen around those Gospels. Okay. So it's the only one. It's the only one with a disputed ending like this. Wow. Well, I picked a good one. I like it. Well, my
1: last question to you was going to be, which ending do you prefer? But I think we've sussed that out. (laughs) I told you it would be really obvious. And then of the four Gospels, this shortened one is your favorite? Or has that changed through the years? It
0: is still, I think, the one that my heart rests into the most. I am growing to appreciate the Gospel of John more and more every year. I would say that through my dissertation research and through my writing in the last two and a half years, I have spent more time with the Gospel of John and kind of digging into the Gospel of John in a way that I have come to much more deeply appreciate it. So... I look forward to years ahead where Luke and Matthew start to kind of hang out with me. But if it's going to be a decade at a time, they've got a ways to wait. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the ending of Mark's gospel. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I.
0: And thank you for joining us. It would be great to hear from you. What is your favorite resurrection story? If you have a version of the gospel that is your favorite, would love to hear. You can always post that up on our Facebook page or send us an email at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.